Okay, welcome back to the Baron of Beverage. It's been quite some time. I'm here in the kitchen with uh, the Baroness. Hello. We're cooking dinner. We are. And well, because that's a good happy hour time. It is. Yep. And uh, I mean, lest you think the Baron of Beverage only comes from you know the classic you know cocktails and others from uh my dad which you probably uh may recall from an early podcast um gosh gosh it's like four or five or we we uh, we went through the el jefe you might remember uh he has passed on cocktail and uh bartending uh to all of uh all of my brothers and sisters and um as luck would have it I just recently received a gift. Uh, my younger brother uh, decided, you know, that we needed to celebrate our cocktail making and has created uh, for himself, as well as all of us, some uh, barrels and uh, accoutrement to do our own craft cocktails and bottle them uh, and has obviously started this practice himself um, in secret, mind you. Uh, I think uh, I think this was born out of a uh, barrel-aging cocktail uh, that I started doing uh, at my place of employment. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a new trend a lot in bars right now, right, yeah. Paige? Yeah, for sure. I, I think any of the higher-end, or not necessarily high-end, but bars that consider themselves... Uh, cocktail bars are sort of on the cutting edge of right. the gonna cocktail have, culture. You know, it, 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 yeah. I mean, many people have had parties and batched up cocktails, which which is a great thing to do, actually, if you're throwing a party, because nobody wants to spend uh, all the time at their party making cocktail after cocktail after cocktail for 30 or 40 guests. Um, so batching it up is a, quite an easy way to just basically... Uh, pour a few ounces into a shaker, shake it, strain it. You still get kind of that feel of, of the cocktail um, and it comes out. But barrel aging cocktail takes it kind of to a next level because you're not just batching up a cocktail, you're taking a cocktail. Hi, Bree. Uh, Bree's playing with her toy. So um, you're taking that cocktail and you're adding something else. You know, we've talked uh, in the past about um, nuances and uh, well there was the cocktail what makes a cocktail uh, musical I saw in New York City and all those different things whether you're adding bitters or whether you're adding a different uh, infused simple syrup all those things add different elements but barrels most people are familiar with add extra things to uh, your your wines or your whiskeys etc and all of that uh, is additional uh, flavor to your actual product that you're enjoying, but not many people do it then yet again, and that's this new trend. You, they have these small barrels, anywhere between one to say five or six liters, um, and you put your ingredients in, and then you let them sit there for uh, weeks or months, depending upon what you're going for, um, and you let that uh, barrel infuse uh, the spirit. Now, one of the other things that happens is uh, some of that spirit, whatever you put in it, goes into the barrel. Um, so if uh, if you uh, say, 
aged uh, rum in the barrel and then you emptied it out and then you put a gin in the barrel, some of that rum that was into the barrel would also affect the gin you put in in addition to the wood of the barrel. Rum barrels, huh? So, um, in the case of what I have uh, this evening is uh, the part of the gift from my brother besides a barrel, a second barrel for uh, myself at home. Much prettier barrel, I might add. Uh, but uh, is he gifted uh, us a bottle of a, of a craft uh, barrel-aged cocktail he made himself, which is uh, a sauternes-finished Italian-American. Um, so an Italian-American uh, cocktail, and I've, of course, forgotten exactly my brother's recipe, but I'm sure it's a state secret. Um, but essentially, a, an Italian-American comes about uh, using a basis of Amaro and bourbon. The Amaro part being the Italian, and the bourbon part being the American. And it's uh, a somewhat of a riff off of a Manhattan cocktail, um, but it is essentially, those are the two Italian and American parts. So I'm not sure what his ratios are, but I'm going to get as close to his recipe as possible from him and post it as part of the blog for this. However, it's not just simply an Italian-American. As I said, it's in a sauternes-finished cask. So what he did was he took his barrel and he filled it up 100% with a sauternes, which is a, a French dessert wine, which I could go into in greater detail. But it has a lot, usually, of uh, sweet uh, and uh, honey and uh, uh, stone fruits like apricots and peaches, etc. Those types of flavors that are usually in a sauternes. So he, Fills it up with that, lets that sit, uh, I believe, for four weeks. Um, then he empties out the sauterne, and now he's got a sauterne finished cast that he puts his Italian-American cocktail into the barrel. And in this case, uh, the bottle here handily says it was aged for six weeks. So the beautiful thing about this cocktail is on a busy night like tonight, the Baroness and I uh, can just pour a few ounces of this, throw it over ice in a shaker, shake, which I did before mm -hmm. uh, the podcast, and pour it out. So now we're going to sip it and taste it and smell it. Mmm, smells good. Yeah, a lot of herbs and kind of, um... And some cherry. Yeah, the dark cherry. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's good that it could be the Amaro, it could be the bitters he used if he, if he put in bitters. Um, there's also like a real kind of like, uh rich wet redwood bark smell to it okay yep i see that and if too. anybody's had like uh redwood mulch you'll know what i'm talking about um it's a beautiful beautiful kind of herbal aromatic smell um and the color of this uh is really kind of a golden amber um it's really really yeah. lovely yeah it looks like a lager almost like a light, light lager yeah mm. And the flavor profile, yeah. You can get I get the sweetness from the sauterne, like just a hint, like not sweet, sweet, but well, that's like the first thing that hits your mouth is kind of like a sweet pear peach note. Mm -hmm. And then it opens into a, a a broad rushing palette of dried fruit, um, herbs. Uh, Mm. Has a nice long finish. Very long finish. It really has. 
it's really interesting because the the core of it is beautifully sweet but it's not syrupy sweet and it right. and and the core of it is all of those stone fruit and um honey characteristics that are in the soft turn uh and i think it comes out it's almost as if those things have colored what you normally would get from the corn of a bourbon where you normally might get uh uh, caramel and vanilla, and this it's coming across more like of those sweet fruit notes, which is really interesting. But it's not a sweet cocktail at all. It's uh, it's got bitterness throughout on the sides, um, not just in the mid palate, but also on the finish. Do you agree, Paige? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, there's a lot of richness and depth to it, in my opinion. Like, um, and it's almost like it's complex, but the flavors... Are but very a, well integrated. Yeah, it's like a very simple flavor profile, but with lots of different aspects in it. It's tasty. In a way, I mean, this is very musical. Maybe this is because I'm working on Bach right now. In a way, yeah. it's almost like there's this just very uh, straightforward figured bass. And then there's just tons of musical ornamentation and counterpoint flowing on top of it. Ah, okay. Does that, does that make sense to you? It is, yep. Because you, you, you're familiar with Bach, so you would yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I will say, uh, Matthew, uh, congratulations. You've crafted a fabulous cocktail. I don't know uh, exactly how many bottles uh, you have out of this batch for, but... Uh, I hope you have another one left when this one is empty that you can share with us. Indeed. Cheers. Cheers.